So this episode I'm going to be talking about pregnancy and specifically my pregnancy that I had high premises gravarium. High premises gravarium is a horrible, horrible thing to have to suffer when you're pregnant. It's really, really not nice. Basically, from about eight weeks, I started being sick, feeling nauseous, and it didn't stop. The whole way through my pregnancy, I didn't eat or drink very, very much at all. Very, very little. Bits of water, bits of crackers, bits of the ginger biscuits that everybody recommended. I tried it all. I had anti-sickness bands. I, I tried absolutely everything and nothing worked. I ended up going to the doctors, trying to get some anti-sickness medication, which didn't work, just made me feel worse. Nothing that I did helped. Day by day, I was just getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Try and make myself a piece of toast and I'd put the bread in the toaster and I'd have to go and sit down because I was so weak. I just didn't have the energy to stand up and wait for the toast to toast. Because I knew that once it came out the toaster, I probably wasn't going to be eating it anyway. So every single time that I thought about eating, I felt sick. Every time that food was in front of me, I felt sick. Every time that someone was talking about food, I felt sick. So I was constantly living in this nausea. It was just constant. I couldn't work because I couldn't even stand and wait for the toast to toast in the toaster. Never mind look after patients on a mental health ward. And that created a lot of guilt because I, I never like being off work sick. It's not something that I enjoyed. It caused me massive lots of anxiety, no matter what the problem was. If I was off sick with something else, I would be anxious because of the fact that I was off sick. That was a big fight with myself, but that got to the point where I knew that I couldn't even look after myself. I couldn't look after my children, so how could I try and look after other people? I knew it was a, there was a point where I just knew that I couldn't continue attempting to even think about going back to work. So that guilt kind of went away. But I still couldn't look after my own children properly. Couldn't even get up in the morning and make sure they were off to school. Kev, who had moved in with me, started to take the girls to school and kind of started to take the further role of Lana and Katie, my oldest girls. And he looked after them along with my mum and dad. Without those, I, I, I really don't know what had happened. In fact, I do know what had happened because I'm in groups on the high premises group and it's the thing that people always worry about it's having the kids taken off them it's not really about having the kids taken off you you get to the point when you're pregnant and you've got high premises that you just can't physically look after your children so you need someone to look after them and if you've not got that support of a partner or your parents then what do you do you have to find someone that can look after your kids without having them in a point where they're in danger they need to be looked after still and it's quite a scary world to be in especially as a single parent if you're pregnant as a single mum so I was quite in a lucky situation that I had Kev and he actually stopped working to look after me and the kids because I like I said I was growing a baby and I couldn't do anything else that was literally the only thing that I could do and then there was the stress of, I'm not eating, is the baby growing? And all that guilt, 
No, the mid one of the midwives actually did reassure me in a strange kind of way. She told me to look at the baby like it was a parasite, and that parasite would take every single thing that it needed from its mum's body to to be able to survive. And that's what the baby was doing. That's what Jamie was doing. He was taking all the nutrients from myself and everything that I had stored up inside me. He he survived and grew from what I already had within my body and I had to keep going in and out of hospital on the drip I was on a, in and out in and out in and out off the drip on the drip begging for the drip you can't have the drip you've not got ketones then only to go back the next morning with ketones plus four and if you know what that feels like it's not a very nice experience and to have to go through that for nine months it's going basically going in and out of ketosis in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out constantly. And it's really, really not a nice, pleasant experience. I do feel that that experience has kind of allowed me to think about what I do eat now and what I put into my body now. I was size 14, 16. Well, after having learned in Katie, and I'm now about a size 8, and I only went down to a size 8 when I was pregnant with Jamie. So I lost a lot of weight when I was pregnant. But I will also do a show on allergies next week, I think that will be. And that's something else that kind of happened while I was pregnant. And I do wonder whether the fact that Jamie has had allergies when he was born, whether that had something to do with me having high premises. But it, I, the, there's not any research being done to prove that that is actually a thing. But it does make you think that he's quite... He's, he's got his gluten and dairy allergy and he can only eat certain things. And what was I trying to eat when I was pregnant? Is that what was causing me to be sick? Because whilst the baby was growing, that he probably already had allergies and was probably being sick because I was putting things into my body that he couldn't digest, he couldn't process into his body. It's just understanding and it's it's just thinking about different things really, isn't it? So there wasn't very much support. In fact, there was no support at all. I had to beg to go into hospital some days, knowing that I felt like death, felt like I knew I couldn't eat, and I knew that having the drip would make me feel better. But they were like, no, no room in the hospital. Uh, no, you've not got enough ketones. And, and the midwives, because you don't have the same midwife all through, well, I didn't have the same midwife. It was seeing different people all the time. There was not, there wasn't no, there wasn't any consistency to to be able to, for them to give you that support. So you had to, I had to explain every time what I've been going through. There wasn't that one person who had seen my journey and seen that I was kept coming back and coming back and coming back. I I had to fight for the help, and I, it was really, really emotionally and mentally draining. So many times that your mind wonders, is this right for me? Should I still be doing this? I can't continue anymore. It's really, really difficult. And having no support and not having, I think these people need more mental health support as well as more physical support and more support to know that they're going to get the help that they need when they go to the the hospital. Um, All these things were really letting down the services that were available. And as a result of that, I've got severe traumatic stress. Every time I feel sick or nauseous, I go back to that, oh, is it going to continue? I'm a pregnant. And it is. It's a cycle and stepping out of that cycle, things like drinking, 
Um, I don't drink alcohol anymore because I'm getting hangover. I feel like I'm stepping back into that cycle. And if I feel sick for more than a couple of days, then it's I'm a pregnant and your mind goes into that spiral again. So it's the tra- the, the post-traumatic stress that come from that. They've kind of allowed me to change my life. I don't want to put myself into a situation where I would feel sick unnecessary. And that allowed me to make different changes. Like I don't drink very often. I'm not saying I don't drink at all. I drink every now and then, but... I don't drink to the point where I get sick the next day. I will just have a couple and enjoy myself rather than binging. Whereas in the past, I would have binged and binged and binged and binged until I was ill and sick. Whereas now I won't allow myself to get to that point. So it's helped me in that kind of way. It's finding support, finding support network, people who will help you. Because sometimes just talking to people is not enough. Not, not when you're in bed every day not being able to move and you're trying to grow a baby and you don't know whether everything's going all right because we've not got that constant insight as to we've not got that constant scan on the go we're not we can't see what's going on we have to wait for our appointments and there's nothing in between and when when you're feeling sick constantly you, you need that constant support there's facebook groups out there which i will link in the show notes because there was a massive help to me and just knowing that once you've had your baby it stops straight away it's fantastic and but when you're only at eight nine weeks that's a long long way to wait i think sometimes it kind of can ease at 24 to 26 weeks but and and that's kind of what everyone lets you tries to get you to hold on to when in reality, you just need to be kind of looking after yourself and looking after your mental health, getting support, making sure that you've got people around you. I ended up um, having the NLive juice drinks because I knew the milkshakes were. I don't like milkshakes, but and there was one of those flavors that I could, I could, I could actually tolerate a little bit if it was really cold. And it's those little things that I did that helped me get through speaking to people about different medications and trying different things. It's just getting the support from different people, asking questions, finding people who've gone through it and and just knowing that it's going to be worth it in the end because you get this little beautiful baby bundle of a child and everything goes away and that whole nine months doesn't matter anymore. But to just step away and leave it like that and not kind of have that understanding that there's other people still going through that and they've not got the support either. That's the kind of reason I st- I, I'm still in some of the support groups on things like that and I'll perk up every now and then if I, if I can see someone's feeling quite low because it's important to know that other people have gone through what you're going through and that it's it's okay to not feel your best if you're going through something that's making you feel rubbish. It's just finding the right support and allowing yourself to accept it. Thanks for listening to Broken Mind and Growing Confidence. Find us on Facebook at Positive Life Workshops. Come and join our Facebook group, Broken Mind and Growing Confidence, or the Ladies Wellbeing Group. Our anxiety course will be live soon. If you're looking to improve your confidence, if you're interested in any healing, card readings, having problems with anxiety, or your own confidence, feel free to give me a message. Thanks for listening. We'll be here again next Thursday. Goodbye.